0: Do what I want, period. Move like a boss, period. Ooh, I got a sauce,
1: period? See, the goals to see money no matter the cost, period. No the cost. I'm care for rapping these else in my ops, period. Huh? Period. I think my ends like a period. Connecting the dots till I get a head, period. I get a head. Like my shoe bottoms, red like a period. Yeah. See, money or die trying to the end, period. Huh? Period.
2: Good. Good 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 night, Jermaine, I got it right this time. Mm -hmm. Niggas, country people, lend us your ears. This is another episode of the Black People Check-In
0: The world famous.
2: (laughs) World famous, how you mean? Come on. My name is Mandela, a.k.a. the president. AKA the waistline bully. AKA. This guy said the waistline bully. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mr. Not One of the Good Blacks. No, sir, I am not, and I refuse to be. And I am joined today. Mm -hmm. Well, as always, because he is our man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, your girlfriend's favorite podcaster aka uncle germs Mm. aka pastor germs aka your girlfriend he's like a big brother to me wink wink nudge nudge
0: (laughs) (laughs) mr germain yo
1: (laughs) yo i feel like i'm on a comedy show man what's up (laughs) (laughs) this is how we start every single time i'm waiting to hear my aks here we go oh don't worry (laughs) but you know what
2: before we get to our a special guest, yes, who sir. I've been a huge fan of,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, Uncle Germs, how are you? Let's do the check-in real quick.
0: Um, well, I'm surviving. It's been a rough, rough time, yo. It's been a rough time, guy. Um, received some Recrui,
2: retro, retrograde, retrograde. Just, just finish.
0: Are yeah, you-, uh, you know what? it was. Uh, there have been a come. Um, there's been um, some unfortunate news that's come about. Uh, same on a family on a family wavelength so um, uh sorry so and i'm not well i can't say just yet because you know want to be respectful to you know the family member but um just uh just you know keeping her you know up with you know support prayers and all that type of stuff uh and then on top of it it's like if it wasn't that there was unfortunately some bad news unfortunately on the personal front ah and did
2: you get caught with another man's woman again
0: no jermaine? no no <laughs> thankfully no not this time not this time so you know
1: um i'm so happy i'm single <laughs> same here <laughs> <laughs> uh, um but i don't want this man anywhere near my girl
2: yeah oh you have to say jermaine this episode yeah. <laughs>
1: But
0: um, but on the, on the real though, um, just came across some unfortunate news, uh, but that part will I can talk about it at a later episode or whatnot, but right now I can at least say this day was a good day, albeit busy, and I'm really excited about today's episode, but that being said, how are you doing? How are you feeling?
2: Motherfucker, I am fine as hell, OnlyFans, body loading. him <laughs> five days a week. I, too, have learned some unfortunate news a couple of days apart, actually. Mm. Yo, I really hope we're not related.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope not no, either.
2: Because you know Jamaicans, right? Like, everyone's related. So the unfortunate news happened Except... overseas both times.
0: Oh, for real? Two different
2: continents. Oh. Yes. Yeah. But out of respect for family the second one (laughs) not my family because fuck them uh there you go (laughs) good word well some of them some of them some of them um but yeah we're good i'm busy as fuck i got a second job Um, in my actual field which is public relations (laughs) um so that's been good it's been great got some cool clients and i also have my daytime job still which has been going great as well um yeah things have been good and september is really gonna kick herself in the ass for missing this episode so with that being said let's just segue mm-hmm. to our guest
0: mm-hmm. german no 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 you do this because honestly i think you could do this one even better than i can man
2: we have our guest people.
0: Mm-hmm. So for those that
2: know me, know I'm a huge sneaker fan. Even though my connection is small, it is mighty. Um, our guest today yes. is an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I can never pronounce that word. <laughs> our guest is an author. Author, wow. I don't know what I was doing with that. He's an author. He is, yo, he's our big man still. Mm-hmm. Maria Tim. Maria Tim work. Maria Tim success. Yes. Sir. Maria Tim everything take. We have CEO of, in my opinion, Canada's premier sneaker boutique mm-hmm. exclusivity. Yes, sir. Who has got a lot of my money and can continue to make my money to make <laughs> to take my money. <laughs> like for real, for real. They can all
1: Ah, I brought my own sound effects. Yes. Yo. Dig up yourself. Yes. Thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be on the show.
2: Holy shit.
1: Yo, that was we, epic though. We did it, Jermaine. Yo, we, it, we made it. it.
0: We made it. We made it. We made it.
2: <laughs> Nigga, we made it. <laughs>
0: Oh man, how so you? So
2: Trent, yeah, okay. You know what? Yes, you ask. No, how no, are you?
1: Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Trent, how are you doing, man? I am. I'm doing good. I'm sorry to hear that you guys have some um, family. Um, I don't know what to call them. They have some family. Some things that are going on uh, in the family uh, back home and overseas and. You know here so um that's a little bit of a downer but um my prayers are with both of you guys um hey, other than that it? though sorry yes um other than that i am doing well personally and uh thank the lord everybody in my family is doing well knock on wood three times amen and uh yeah i i am good man like Charlemagne says man i'm black blessed and highly favored what's up yeah and amen mm.
2: shout out to Charlemagne, but not his team
1: Um, (laughs) what what's going on with the team they they just haven't responded to us (laughs) (laughs)
2: i'm being a bitter jamaican you know when you talk talk to the hot gal but she curves you and then all of a sudden she's ugly she's yeah that's his team right now
1: no but you never talk to the hot girl because there's 10 guys before you you don't talk to the hot girl because that's how you stand out Mm. and out on a whole Mm. other podcast true yo (laughs) I have a question for you guys, I know I'm on your show and you're supposed to be asking me the questions but I have a very, very important, poignant question. Hit me. What's that? It is Monday, 9pm. And it is game five of the NBA Finals. All right, why of all the times that we have during this week, did you guys select tip off? of game five like you can't say that you're a sneaker head and uh, all of this okay. stuff and then be like yo we're doing a podcast tip off at game five y'all <laughs> are crazy you. that's why september's not here because she's watching game five right now while we're here sitting down on our microphones man Yo, men's are calling you us know up what up, so.
2: <laughs> because september is also a basketball head as well
1: yeah that's that's where she is i'm sure <laughs>
2: A.K.A. April. We're gonna call her April now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah,
1: we'll tell you the backstory on that one after April. True. um
2: true. because fuck Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. I don't. Wow,
1: oh <laughs> really? You're, you're so Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> I can't
2: stand fucking Clay Thompson. <laughs> Steph, only because I saw the I saw the video of him and his wife trying to whine. Oh gosh. And it was embarrassing. Like Aisha's a, a Scarborough gal, apparently, and she can't move. Yo, Aisha. is she Scarborough?
1: I know yes. she's from Toronto. I didn't know she's Scarborough though.
2: She's from the ends, fam. She's from the ends.
1: Wow. Like, I feel. Yeah, Scar- I feel.
0: I feel more Scarborough slander coming on. Like for real. No.
2: Only only Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, and we we don't we don't bash black women on this podcast. But Aisha, fix up, please. <laughs> But Uncle Germs, what are we talking about today, sir?
0: <clears throat> well, we're going to talk everything about Trent. We're going to talk about entre- the entrepreneur life, the mental health life, the tips and tricks of how to become a successful entrepreneur, and just everything black, you know, surrounding that. That's how that's what we do. So, so you mean nigger shit? Okay, basically, if we want to go through the translation, yes, it is. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. So Trent. How is business going? We know you are doing well. How is business and how actually has the pandemic affected your business? But before we get to that, give the people, them a background of the background of who you are, what exclusivity is and how it all came about.
1: Okay. That is a very, very long story. Um, (laughs) You could get that in this book right over here. To, oh, I forgot. This is a, not on video. You mm-hmm. can pick up my book, How Sneakers Save My Life, available now on Amazon. Um, See. Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Where's my air horns for that shit, yo? Wait, wait, wait. Let's oh. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> hold up. Hold up. I got it. And anyways, i Wednesday, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you for the support. Um, so, Like, just in a nutshell, um, you know, delinquent kid kicked out of high school, Montreal, you know, always up to no good. But I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit um, within me since I was a a young teenager. I've had many um, failed businesses before um, I found success with Excuse City. Uh, Started Excuse City out the trunk of my car, driving down the Canal Street and manhattan picking up long tees and do rags and selling them to uh high schools around the way uh got a basement uh store in the basement of a tattoo parlor that was my first technical storefront i didn't even have windows or or my ceilings were like six and a half feet high i could barely fit in there that's gully that is yeah (laughs) exactly um no my story is like from the bottom to the top, like you don't get much more bottom than that. Mm. Um, and then uh I had my first store a few le- few years later. Um, and then from there I started getting to some brands like the Rockaware, Darion, and stuff like that, getting out of like that New York, um, mm. kind of you know, aftermarket, you know, street clothes, and then from there we got into sneakers, which was not an easy feat. You know, every brand said no to me. Um, and then the first brand we got was Supra and Vans, uh-huh. Timberland, Adidas, uh, and then Adidas and Nike came along. Mm-hmm. Uh, opened up four stores in Montreal within a couple of years. Then Jeez. over over to Toronto. Uh, 2015 was our first store there. At our height, ten stores across the country See. Uh, yeah. as a national brand. And uh, for uh, October 21st, 2021, I celebrated my 15 year anniversary. Mm. Uh, I wrote two books: How Sneakers Saved My Life, How Sneakers Ruined My Life, to kind of just give back to those, you know, those young ent- entrepreneurs out there who, you know, were always told that they're not going to make it. You didn't stay in school, and I'm not an advocate for not staying in school. I'm just saying there are pathways if you do not uh, go through school. But I, I do wish I continued school. We'll get into that in mm-hmm. later on, or in another podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the book is just to, you know, just to show that you know there's other pathways and. You can get yourself in trouble and you could kind of like mess up as a teen and not feel like your circumstances mm-hmm. as your destiny you know you can always rewrite that so that's that's the goal and that's why i'm here and uh and i'm happy to be on your show to talk more about it
0: so first of all i need to get air horns for that for that <laughs> response yo i need to get that <gasps> <air horn. laughs> there we go so so with that um and mm-hmm. honestly like that that's a great like that's a great start basically start from the bottom now you're here type story yeah, you know What I mean, facts. um so, shout out to drake even though some people don't like him but whatever um
2: that's a slap in september's face fam
0: well see that's why september's not here
1: <laughs> i'm a i'm a big drake fan though shout out to jizzy yeah man but you guys don't like drake i'm okay with drake oh, okay. i don't i don't i don't
2: care too much but september's not a fan of
0: Wow, but that's a different different conversation still. That's a different conversation. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, But what I was going to say now, and and I say this because um, a lot of the stuff that you talked about, so I'm, I'm a son of an entrepreneur as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I've seen my dad, you know, basically hustle through a lot of stuff and he's actually done a number of businesses. I mean, he's been a truck mechanic, um, built his own business. Um, has his own property and all that type of stuff. Uh, he's gone from that to, you know, having a coach, like a bus coach operation to mm-hmm. um, at one point he was doing, you know, a restaurant in Niagara Falls and, you know, a catering trucks. So I get the mm-hmm. entrepreneur life. Like you're always yeah. finding ideas, always finding niches, always finding ways to kind of make things work. Mm-hmm. Um even as an entrepreneur, and I know I had an original question, but I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask this for, as a black person, especially like, especially in Montreal, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, in Quebec, Mm -hmm. how has, how is that experience trying to basically get to where you are now? How, how's that experience been? What were some of the pitfalls that you had to face? Were there any racist or discriminations that you had to even deal with during that time?
1: um so he, when i was younger and i was kind of doing like the like the small kind of entrepreneurial things and also kind of getting myself in trouble i was like all right let me try this like whole like actually getting a job you know mm-hmm. um and i talked about this in my first book so i got a job at Merck frost and um i was a janitor mopping floors changing the garbage doing the work i'm like all right i'll do whatever i have to do to get in there you know mm-hmm. my uh Grant my grandfather had worked there and got me a job and he's like the uh you get in and after six months then you'll get a permanent position in the tablet department or the packaging department Mm. and I went I worked there for six months and um I never got a permanent position I was there temporary and that continued for like a year and a half and the six white guys before me had all gotten permanent positions so I Mm. went up to HR and I was like yo I, i'm not one to play the black card but it's a bit lit ridiculous you know and i just sprained my ankle and um i bought a house and um i was like yo i don't have vacation i don't have sick days i don't have mm. anything like this and i'm in here at like seven o'clock in the morning i work overtime i hustle or whatever and then you know, i was like yo I, I feel like this is racist and then mm. went on from there whatever and i quit i left and i'm like yo i'm not dealing with that and that was my first and only time that i was ever i worked at a job you know and it was like a year and a half two years and that's really what um pushed me um to working for myself and and being in control of my own destiny and not having to wait for mm-hmm. somebody to give me vacation days or give me anything yeah you know so um and i think from that point on i've always put myself in the situations where i wasn't tolerated but that i was applauded in mm. you understand mm-hmm. um I know all of us are maybe always not that fortunate to be able to do that, or maybe to take the risk to be able to do that because it's not easy. But, you know, even in like the modeling industry, you know, there's some racism in there and, you know.
0: The yeah, 100% I, facts.
1: Yeah, um, I was an international model for eight years and, you know, I ended up leaving because you look on a modeling wall and, you know, there's they, if they have 20 guys there, there's. 16 of them that are white guys there's one asian guy and yep. one you know what i mean yeah. like one light-skinned guy and one dark-skinned guy right there's like that the dark skin ball guy you know and it's the quota, and it's just like you know <laughs> anyways so uh you know that's why for me like the uh, a safe space was you know uh you know working with these brands and opening up excu city is that you know they they needed me they needed somebody that was attached to the culture, coming from the music industry and coming from uh, Montreal. Like I had managed artists out here, and you know, I selling urban clothing. I had a connection to the street, so especially at those times before there was like these you know um influencers and they could just reach out like the store owners we were the influencers they needed somebody in the community right so they you know when nike sent the their rep up here they're like yo we need to penetrate this market because there was no sneaker culture out here so teaming up with me and you know it, the, the it was kind of reversed that's when my blackness my hip-hop background mm-hmm. you know my that culture worked to my advantage and i just feel like you know, anybody out there listening that is, you know, it's younger or looking to be placed somewhere, look and try to place yourself in somewhere that your culture and who you are, who you wake up every day is is an asset to whoever it is that you're working for.
0: Mm. Yeah. Fire,
2: yeah. bars.
1: Yo,
0: <laughs> Madhulah, you got this one. <laughs>
2: Bar, I, I I can't even follow that. <laughs>
0: I was like, yo, this guy. But I that's mean, just,
2: this is we, this, That's just where we wrap up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a hard right, not a left, right. but a hard right. All so, right. so with your with your journey, you were a model, you were selling stuff out of your car. How? What were some of aside from? you know, the obvious racism you'd faced in your journey and whatnot, mm-hmm. what were some of the hardest lessons that you had to learn as a black entrepreneur? Well, so I get I guess really can't necessarily take racism out of it because it's just always there. Mm-hmm. But how, what were some of the toughest challenges you faced as a black entrepreneur, especially when starting exclusivity?
1: Well, like I said um, earlier, like I've always put, I put myself in spaces that, um, you know, uh, my, my culture and my background and my experiences worked in my favor. But even with that being said, I still feel like in the boardrooms mm-hmm. or even at some banks, or even when you're mm-hmm. going out to get some leases, uh, you feel the, all right, you may know the culture. You might know which shoe to buy. You might know the history of Jordans. You might know like what these kids you know want but yo can you you know can you balance a checkbook yo are you going to be able to pay the rent like you know what when the, when the finance comes into it that's when you kind of kind of feel the weight of mm-hmm. your blackness on you but um, yo i never i never code switched i never showed up differently i never spoke differently i um, yo i showed up yo every meeting i ever went to i went in there with sneakers Mm. I yeah. only wear I only wear dress shoes at weddings or if I'm wearing a tuxedo. True. You know, and you can even still pull off sneakers at that point. But 100%, yeah, I like, to, I like yeah, to have a can. dress shoe every now and again, but yo, I just stayed, I stayed my course. I stayed who 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 I who I who I knew that I was. Um, you know, and the things that I didn't know, I wasn't afraid to say shit. Yo, I don't know. You know? Um, but uh yeah, I feel like that's where um, the racism will come in, even even if you are in a company or in an environment that um, is hiring you for your culture, there's always still gonna be somebody in there being like, hmm, can they do this? Or can they handle this, you know? Um, <laughs> but you can't let that get you down, right? It's, you know, we live in a white world. This is the world that we live in, yeah. right? And you have to face that That's and like- you can't let that get you, you can't let you get that down.
0: It, it's funny you should say that because all that you talked about, like, Again, I've said before, like, you know, I've seen my dad, you know, experience this and talk about this. Now, my dad, you know, um, at the time, uh, when you look at the trucking industry, uh, it was pretty much white, right? White, Polish, Mm -hmm. white, uh, you know, whether Polish or Italian or whatever, it was just basically white. So I remember my dad telling me the story where it was funny, he was fixing a truck. Right? Mm. He was fixing a trailer, really, uh, for this for this company that's like all the way in Miss Saga. And one of his co-workers was basically trying to blame him for something that the same co-worker did. Right. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they were basically he was just basically trying to get my dad fired, you know, mm. for no reason and all that type of stuff. Um some of these are were like the driving forces as to why he chose to do the entrepreneur life. And even that was, was, was tough because again, like most entrepreneurs, you have to rally and, and, and really um, seek out basically your own business, right? Yeah. You have to get the clients and, and at times you have to, and I'm not saying this happened to you, but I know for probably a lot of entrepreneur, uh black entrepreneurs in specifics, like you almost have to, to get the clients, you have to almost kind of. You almost have to kind of, for lack of a better term, you almost have to downgrade to get the sales so that people can see like the service that you bring in order to get up. It's almost like, okay, well, you know, said company is going to do like a service job on your truck for, let's say, 80 bucks an hour. I'll do it Mm -hmm. for 75. You know Mm -hmm. what I
1: mean? Oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, It's that type of thing because, again, in a lot of ways and i this is why i always remember my dad saying you know when you're a black person in this country you have to work three times harder you have yeah. to it's the reality yeah. you know what i mean yeah
1: that's like my grandmother used to say you have to kiss ass before you can kick ass so mm-hmm. i think it's kind of along the same yep. lines 1%. but I, I do think it's it's changing now and like i said whenever i was in those situation in boardrooms or mm-hmm. it, like you know if i was going out to get a lease like dude i'm not paying more so that i could get the lease so i could prove that i could pay it or i'm not changing i'm not doing anything different i'm going to find somebody else that's gonna that's gonna welcome me you know what i mean so um i do think that we still have some of that but mm-hmm. you know um i think this new generation the gen z the millennials mm-hmm. you know they're not they're not lowering their price to get a job anymore man
0: no, no they're I love they're, it. they're just they're definitely speaking up and demanding at least the same rights of any white person or any other person of color
1: exactly oh, and that's yeah. not to take away anything from your dad or my grandmother they they didn't have the foundation so they mm-hmm. they, they weren't afforded that, that fortitude to be able to do that. Like, yep. you know, I'm sure like your dad or your grandparents or my grandma, like you, they came here with nothing. So they're, they're not talking back to the white man at that point. So like mm. we could stand on their shoulders now and be like, yo, I wanna lease this place. How much is it? Or now your dad or you or whoever's in the trucking industry you'd be like, if it's 80 bucks, it's 80 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm happy that we're here, man. Oh, 100%. Um,
0: now it's interesting that we go through all this. Um, and you kind of mentioned the the Gen Zs, especially with the hip-hop culture, right? Yeah. Enough things have evolved <laughs> within mm. our hip-hop and our urban culture, mm. uh, particularly when it comes to mental health. Now, I'm not yeah. saying, like, you know, what your experiences are or whatever. It's totally up to you. But what have you seen generally, whether it be your experience or experience of just others and around, like, the, the neighborhoods or the people that you talk with, what have you seen in terms of the changes of people's view of mental health and the approach if if that makes sense
1: um so it's definitely especially in the gen z um uh, age groups it's definitely more um they're more aware Mm uh i feel like it's they're more open to it but i still don't feel like they are taking the full and appropriate steps to mental health. Let me explain. Knowing terminologies and knowing about anxiety and knowing about depression and knowing about mania and bipolar, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, go on and on is is great. But dealing with them is what we need to start doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Saying, yo, I would love to go to therapy, but I can't afford it but going out and buying a $2,000 pair of Travis Scott ones off of StockX is really not the prioritizing of mental health that I'm speaking about, or your Supreme backpack or your Louis Vuitton belt. So they are very aware of it. They will say, you know we'll take days off for it or they mm. will talk about it they'll instagram about it they'll repost about it but yeah. i have yet to see a lot of especially black and minorities actually putting in the work i go to therapy every week mm. um and yes yeah. i understand that I, I i yes we should put horns for that definitely Yo, just horn that uh-huh. one type horn that <laughs>
2: oh.
1: hey. hey. um Yes, and I understand that I am um, fortunate to have the finances to be able to um, go to therapy uh, every week. But there's, you know, there's different services. There's, um, there's some, there's some cheaper or more affordable um, therapists. Um, and like I said, there's ways to, you know, allocate your money to not buying a bottle in the club, you know, this weekend and spend some money on going to therapy. And that's what I want to see a lot of people um, start doing.
0: Mm. I... I, I'm just going to say because like I'm glad for the guests that we have. Like these are the guests that we know say yo, we have to invite one more time. Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Because if oh. I run it back, like the Raptors were supposed to run it back, but anyways, whatever. <laughs>
1: they never stood a chance at running it back. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Raptors. Shout out Freddie. Yo, Freddie. yo. Okay. <laughs>
0: actually okay so i do want to expound on on a little bit because sure. uh, myself and Man- mandela um we did an episode um talk about our experiences our reasons uh to going into therapy um so if you don't mind me asking what were your reasons for you going into therapy why was therapy imp- important for you
1: because i was oh, on the verge shit. of filing for bankruptcy mm. oh shit! Mm. i see <laughs> okay so <laughs> since that we're on a podcast i know you want me to elaborate on that um in short my second book is how sneakers ruined my life and um 2016 2017 mandela you'll know about this the sneaker industry took a shift when kanye west left nike for adidas then you know people like ah kanye ain't gonna do nothing over at adidas and then he started doing shit over at adidas adidas started heating up you know you want the 750s the 350s and Mm then there was a tubular the dooms and all of that um and then Nike and Adidas started fighting amongst each other and started really not concentrating so much on the general releases and and the overall business and really started focusing on quick strikes and then you know the tier zero Jordan program came in and that really affected my business uh you know pretty severely and um Mm. yeah I started losing a lot of money Adidas was up, up, up in 2017 and just took a crash in 18. And um I lost uh 2.23 million dollars in 2018. Jesus. Yes, yeah, sir.
0: All, all I'm saying, sorry to
1: cut. Mm. People go cop the book.
2: Yeah. <laughs> cop the book. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Buy
2: the book. Jermaine yeah. and I will be buying this Wednesday. At least I will be
1: and um and it wasn't even so much the money because of course that's a lot to handle but it was losing my business that I've spent at that point it was what on our 13 year anniversary 12 year anniversary that was all I have I'm not married I don't have kids like this extra city is my life it is my child so having to and I got consultants and finance people and we were trying to restructure we started closing down stores and Yo, I just couldn't deal with it, man. And I spoke with my general doctor. And, and after a couple of sessions, I was like, yo, I think I actually need to see a psychologist. And I talked about it in book one. When I was a kid, I, I did have some some kind of rough stints. And I did see a psychologist like once in a while. But as a teenager, I was like, I don't want to go see no psychologist. It's only right. people who are crazy. Um, and then you know, I went and I'm like, yo, I think I need to speak with somebody. And um, I started going. Um, and then as, as as I was going and I started liking it, he diagnosed me. And he said, "Hey, I think you might be hypomanic or maybe manic, which is which are um, traits of being bipolar." For and real. When I, oh. And when I heard that, I was like, "Yo, you don't know what you're talking about." I started googling things, and I freaked out, and I stopped going to therapy, and uh, you know, I turned to alcohol, and I was partying, and I was drinking, and I just mm. instead of trying to deal with the the trauma of losing everything that I built and millions of dollars. I tried to party it and drink it away. Okay. Um, so, yep. yeah, exactly. And um, anyway, so just to make a long story short, like my 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 journey with um, therapy has not been an easy one. I'm sure like a lot of people who have gone to therapy, you might want to start and stop. But um, now through the pandemic and I've, I've really kind of just gained a whole back of my life. Like I know that therapy is the best place for me. Mm-hmm. And I know now that, drinking and smoking and partying is just another bad version. It's a bad version of therapy because that's you trying to deal with your demons by not dealing with them or trying to drink them away right yourself and what i learned through therapy is you're self-medicating yourself. Alcohol is just another form of medication. You're you know, if you're taking a couple of sips of, of wine at dinner, okay, you're good. But if you're blacking out every night, that's yo, that's you trying to get away from your demons, right?
0: Oh so, uh, wow.
1: Yeah. Therapy is the place for me, man. Oh,
2: I wish I had I wish I had known that in 2013 mm-hmm. when I went down that path, but that was because of a breakup.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Why? Like, yeah, it's a it's real thing.
0: No, and it's funny because I like what you what you mentioned, Trent, is that, you know what, sometimes with, with therapy, and this is always like the misconception, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes with therapy, it's not like where it's like, once you meet somebody, you hit it off, right? Exactly. There, there's a lot of ways, and I've, I've said this before, sometimes finding that one person is part of the journey, right? Of course. Yeah. You know, when you're, you know, for me, like I went through therapy, and it's funny because like, as most people know, on my podcast, I'm a registered social worker, right? Okay. So in a lot of ways, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I can just, once I find somebody, then yeah, we're cool. Yeah. But I realized in the first couple of stints, um, it wasn't easy. It really wasn't easy. Um, you had to speak to somebody that could speak to the life situations that you go through, but also like, but mind you, I'm just saying this for me. Right. Yeah. I yeah. had to have somebody that could speak to the life that I live. Um, thankfully, you know, I have somebody currently that I, she's like, she's my biggest supporter, all that type of stuff. But mm-hmm. I say all that to say that, like, shout her like, out, fam. Listen, she's gonna be on the, she's gonna be in the episode, so everybody's gonna have to wait.
2: Oh, okay, 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 okay.
0: She's gonna be on the episode. <laughs> then we'll reveal. But um, I, I, I say, that I know for, who it is. <laughs> I say that to say that you know what um it it may be ups and downs when it comes to even just finding somebody that uh that um that can talk to you from a um from a therapist perspective but once you find that somebody like they're the ones that can definitely really walk with you through the journey and i'm honestly honestly i rate you big time trent for even just speaking to that because, again, people, like, who've never gone to therapy or even have tried therapy a couple times, you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're self-medicating and trying to figure out on your own. Exactly. Everybody needs help. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly.
2: And therapy's exactly.
0: hard.
2: People think it's just, like, especially when you find a good therapist, therapy's really, really freaking hard.
1: Exactly. Because it
2: makes you, like, look at yourself, shit you didn't want to look at yourself. Like, bruh my wife did therapy before and i remember when she was in her she would come home crying because it was so intense right so the the journey is not easy but it is well worth it
1: yeah and it's important to know i always forget about saying this when i tell that story is that i went back to the same therapist Mm. because i know i knew that it wasn't him it was me um being afraid to look within myself. So, and I know a lot of people out there is like, I want to find a black therapist, or I want to find this therapist or some women, or like, I want to find a women therapist or vice versa. And I do, I, I get that, but um, I also think it's important to look at yourself mm. first before you put the blame on the therapist and i'm sure there's some shitty therapists out there i'm, I'm sure there are just like the shitty everything that every um there's shitty doctors or shitty police officers or whatever so i'm not saying that you must find it but i feel a lot of people are i went to see one therapist i don't know what this person was talking about then I, oh i found another one oh he was horrible and it's like at a certain point maybe it's not the therapist and it's you you know so i didn't want to be one of those people so i i went back to that same therapist and decided i'm like Yo, i'm going to sit in here and 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 look at me and and not really throw the judgment on you so i would really like to um, promote that and have people look within themselves first
0: no 100 because That's such a good point no and he's absolutely right because at the end of the day and i love it because it's the self-reflection piece You know, some people don't actually take that time to say, yo, let me just kind of look inside and see, like, let me take inventory of, like, who I am and where I'm at, right? Yeah. Because you're right. It's easy to, quote, unquote, seek help, but blame, quote, unquote, the help on what other people do and do not do. Sometimes, not to say all the time, but sometimes life circumstances, it's based off what you do and how you respond. You know what I mean? yeah and, and that's and that's really what it that's why it's important to your point trent that it's like listen regardless of who you find look at yourself first exactly
1: see what's yeah. up
0: then you can go find the help
1: exactly um another thing i know you guys are supposed to ask the questions but another thing i oh, want to no, ask you guys cool. is what kind of therapy do you do i do cognitive behavior therapy what do you what, ther- what oh cbt therapy ah. yes <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hey. Hey, I got horns Yo, coming Yo, horn that one time. But, uh, <laughs> yes.
0: All right. So, so to answer your question, um, I I both uh, have learned and also have received um, uh, cognitive behavior therapy. So my therapist, she, she's a psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. And part of what she does uh, is a lot of CBT stuff. Um, Same with mine. And, and that's the thing so for me I love it because again it's 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 about bringing about certain perspectives right because one thing about CBT I'm just saying this kind of for like a loose translation uh when you talk about cBT it's more so identify who how you perceive stuff it really is it yeah. tackles how you perceive things and sometimes a good cBT will hear you out and then say okay I understand that you're looking at it from this perspective point of view but is that the real? is that the actual reality or are you perceiving it a lot different than what's happening you know what I mean and mind you and that's just one example of it
1: yeah exactly but I,
0: I, I love it from from that standpoint where it's like sometimes you just need to somebody to help you to sit back and just look at things in a different angle
1: exactly and yeah I think it's um so I love that you guys both go to that and really really promote that on your podcast a lot because a lot of um these mental health Podcasts or shows that I do, a lot of people, they hear us talking about therapy, like, oh, go to therapy, go to therapy. And they, in their head, they think about what my therapist calls Hollywood therapy. They're thinking that we're on a couch. Uh, in a therapist's office there's a box of tissue beside us and we're crying and we're talking about when we were five years old and when we got a spanking and you uh, need to forgive this person no that's not what there are therapies that do that but that's not cognitive behavior therapy and, yeah that's and, exactly anybody out there google cognitive behavior therapy and it's really about your goals, and it's like having a trainer. You can go to a CBT therapist and you say, listen, I want to do X, Y, and Z in my life. I wanna have a better relationship with my wife. I wanna be stronger at work. I wanna write my book. It's it's literally like going to the gym and and getting a trainer and saying, "Yo, I want uh, bigger biceps. I want to lose weight off of my stomach, and I want like I want like you know sh- big legs or whatever yeah. or you know what I mean or going to your mechanic and be like, "Yo, I have a stock car. I want to soup it up." They're they're trained yeah. professionals that could and that's why the 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 stigma around therapy is stupid to me. Like it literally yeah. is makes no sense because everybody has a doctor everybody Mm. has a mechanic, everybody has a dentist, everybody has everything under the sun. You have a painter, you have a contractor, everybody has everything under the sun, but nobody has a trainer or a professional for the most important part of our lives, which is our brain. Your brain, dog. Anything that you wanna do, people don't realize we live 95% of our lives through our subconscious. When we're driving and listening to the radio you're not concentrating on driving you're driving subconsciously you breathe and you walk subconsciously these people are trained to get into your mind and they could program and help you do things that you want you want to live your best life go to cognitive behavior therapy tell them what your best life is and they will help you and train you and give you tools to get there actually can i add one more thing to that
0: and this is coming back to what you previously said if you're gonna do that, number one, also CBT is also kind of short-term therapy, so don't expect to be like long, long whatever. But it worked for me. No, no, say it worked for you. It's worked for me for for sure. I don't cuss people anymore. Which is believe me, he's he he's changed. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's good. But what I will say, um, one of the most important things, and I remind people when you are doing therapy when you're doing therapy sessions do the damn work do the damn work there's too many instances where people will talk to somebody and they feel like they're not getting anywhere but part of it is that they're not taking the time to do the homework do the work that's prescribed prescribed by your therapist the same way if a doctor told you you need to cut certain things out your diet or you need to take this medication do it because if you don't do it, you're pretty much doing the same thing. The only difference is you've wasted a lot of money. That's the thing.
1: And you know what, I'll, I'll even, you're doubling back on mine, I'm gonna double back on that. I'll tell you this, if, if you were to type a person that gets a trainer and doesn't end up going to the gym and you get a therapist and you don't end up doing the work, Tell that to your CBT therapist, mm-hmm. that you are the type of person that is like that and they will help you give you tools Which to get better, do your homework when, after your sessions. Yep. That's okay. how amazing therapy is, man. And all of us have weaknesses. I don't care how yep. successful you are, how non-successful you are, young, old, whatever, you always can improve, you can always get better. There's, no, there's nobody has ever gone to the doctor and the doctor said, no, you cannot do anything better. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. so uh yeah man i'm a big i'm a big uh, advocate for therapy man and do the work she... bro
2: also Yo. shout out to my therapist alicia for doing the lord's work on mandela <laughs>
0: <laughs> she <laughs> she
2: why... no like back to your point trent she mm-hmm. has <clears throat> in the span of when did i go through that thing with my family In september
0: um this around is... september yeah around september
2: so from september until now
0: mm-hmm.
2: she basically changed my
1: life
0: mm-hmm. that's crazy
2: right she changed how i communicate with people um she definitely calmed my temper because i had a little bit of a temper jermaine will attest to that yep uh <laughs> right she changed how i communicate with my wife right so yo the shit works like jermaine and trent says you have to do the work right because if you don't do the work shit's not gonna pop for you.
1: and and you could find and you could find the money man you could find the finance i think those are the two biggest things is, is not doing the work and not finding the finances Um, you need to prioritize and even if you have to give things up you have to give up those sneakers you got to give up that ice you got to give up the floss you got to give up the drip Mm -hmm. i guarantee you i promise you Mm -hmm. that you'll get a 10 times return on your money i guarantee that i was able part of the reason why i was able to turn exclusivity around was through therapy Mm the ceos of fortune 500 companies like they do therapy especially cognitive behavior therapy weekly you know how many things are going through a ceo's mind how much uh delegating and Mm -hmm. and intricacies and all of that stuff and like you know you a, a businessman you want to be an entrepreneur you want to you want to go out there you want to hustle you want to grind you want to do all that stuff yo therapy is an investment into that process and it will, will make a 10 times return on, on your money. I don't care how expensive the therapist is. You know, and you kind of, and you did say something, uh, earlier when we're talking
0: about this, even if you can't even find like therapy direct, um, there are other, there are other avenues. And I'm just being to to the people that may not be in that position, but still need help. There are programs out there and it's building. It's building, I'll say mm-hmm. that. There are programs out there that are affordable enough so that you can at least take, you know, a, a few sessions here and there to at least yes. talk to somebody. But the last exactly. thing you want to do is just try to struggle through your own perceptions alone. That yeah. is hard. You yeah. don't want to put yourself in that because you're you're doing a disservice to yourself and you're yeah. gonna
1: do a disservice to your loved ones. Definitely. Yep. Yeah, man. And and with that said i also think that maybe you guys could help me do this and you know we rally up and get some other great thinkers but you know the government has to do a better job at facilitating and helping people get therapy just like how we have um you know our medicare cards and we can get into the emergency rooms or whatever blah blah And yeah. i understand we're way better off than americans or people down south but, uh, yeah, we need to start allocating some money and some resources to uh, to mental health um, and to therapy. No, I agree. You know
2: what? I think we should um, somehow do a panel discussion on this, all of us, mm-hmm. talk about this publicly. I don't know how. I don't even know when or where. Well, you're taking work, the steps
1: right now. This podcast right now this is a that's great That's what step. I'm saying.
0: That's that's why we're, we're here, men. That's exactly why we're here, man. Mm-hmm. No, yes. but you, you know what? You, I do agree with you because that's been kind of like my my heart for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And particularly for Black people, people of color, but specifically for Black people, uh, we don't get um, enough resources allocated. Because this is not to say the money's not there. The money's there. I mean, governments yes. governments are saying, yo, we're going to put in like hundreds of millions of dollars to mental health. Okay, cool. But it's never targeted in a way that that makes sense. Right, exactly. and so that's part of the thing where I agree with you. We need to actually come together and actually advocate for a more targeted approach for um, mental health services, uh, black people, people of color, but it's a specific group for black people, so that we can thrive instead of just trying to survive.
1: Exactly, I think minimum, minimum, minimum. Every Canadian citizen should at least, at least go to therapy, at least once a year, like how you have a checkup. Once every six months would be great, but at least once a year, just a check-in. And that's how, and that's when I say to somebody, like you could find the money, like even if you can only go once quarterly, start off by going quarterly, or even start off by going twice a year. Mm -hmm. It's a start, it's something, you you, you have that money, bro. You know, It's, it's, it's one, two Jordans less a year. Yo, that's self, the self-care but, right no, there. That's,
2: that's our real thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I didn't even think about it like that, fam. Mm. Yo, you know what? But I'm probably going to need to buy some caravan shoes. off you still? <laughs> 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 but other than that, no, that's a real thing. Because let's say a therapist is 200 an hour. That's like a good three pairs of shoes on the GOAT app.
1: There. Done.
2: Yeah. Damn.
0: Oh, Yo, this is good, man. I'm not even going to front. Of, this is good, man. I, I appreciate this guy. I really appreciate this, brother.
2: No. No. We're going
0: to do this man. again. Oh, no. We are going to do this again. So, I guess, okay. Kind of going... Because we're going to land this plane a little bit. Um... I want to talk about your book just a little bit. Um, I know you touched on it, but explain to us, like, why Why did you decide?
1: Like, you could have just kind of kept things to yourself. Why did you decide to write the books? Are you guys getting feedback in your headphones? Yeah. yeah. It's Sal Mandela touching his ear. Is that me? or I don't know. Well, I have wireless. So I don't know.
0: It might be me. Can you hear me now?
1: Can't take you nowhere, Jeremy.
0: Oh, you know what, get out of here. Ugh. All right, hold on. Let me let me let me try to deal with this. Oh that's definitely you. Right. Is it? Yeah, okay, that's just
1: for me. Un- okay, he unplugged, so for sure it's him. Okay. <laughs> but now he has no mic. Now he can't talk to us. His headphones were the, the uh where his mic was.
0: Hold on. Can you hear me oh, now? You're back.
1: Yeah, we can hear you. We can oh hear
2: you. yeah, you back,
0: you back. Okay, wicked, 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 wicked um
1: i just like t- to say that golden state is slaughtering um boston oh, right now listen the i'm looking at, <laughs> looking at
0: this i am i'm just like geez.
1: but yo i think boston is coming back though a little it's 26 oh 26 32 now a lot it was just 18 anyways we got to get to this game um yeah, yeah. so why did why did i write the books because um i don't feel like um i was doing a good enough job at giving back i felt like i was so caught up in the store and scaling and trying to make money and trying to open more stores and try to be a national brand and i've always wanted i started exo city helps foundation in like 2014 and i would do like sneaker drives and i would have people come and like donate shoes and i'd give them a percentage off to um an organization out in montreal called Dans La Rue. and um you know i just felt like you know how can i give back if i don't have the, the time to give back and it's it's everything's in this book you know, and, and books live on past you, you know? So I just yeah. thought it was like a nice little capsule piece of, of, of my time, my entrepreneurial journey. And as was a way to just, for me to just give back to whoever wants to pick up the book and, and read about, you know, a struggling Jamaican black kid from Montreal that, that built a national brand and, and, and found some success in this world. And, and hopefully will inspire them to feel that they could do it too. Jeez.
2: So listen, I got to ask a couple of things. Since we have you here, mm. what do you think is the state of sneaker culture overall and in Canada right now?
1: Well, I think it's in Canada, it's the same as the US. You know, 10, yeah. 15 years ago, before. And it, listen, I don't mind two to my own horde. I, I I played a big part in in bringing Canada Canada's sneaker game. Uh, and level up to where it is today you know before there was an before there was an extra city you know brand demanding these things at those u.s meetings you know there was a lot of releases that were not in canada that were only um in the u.s um i remember fighting for foam posits in 2012 i talked about that in my book you know they were like yeah there's some store in canada a big major brand that sells basketball shoes that have basketball stores that said yo we can't sell phone passes. $300. I was like, yo, give me the damn phone passes. I will sell them, you know? So I have, yeah. um, I think I, I did a, a great job and myself and my team I did a great job of kind of like leveling out the playing field. Um, and that's why you have, you know, the House of Hoops up here now, you have the Jordan store, yeah. like all of that stuff, you know, um, that's all stuff wasn't around before Ex-City. Um, So I feel like we did a good job of leveling out the playing, playing field. Um, now that the Jordan store is closed, now you do see some... Uh, releases not hitting canada um which is, oh, which they is unfortunate it? oh you didn't know what kind of sneakerhead are you you don't know that the jordan nope. store in your city closed I've, down
2: i've been busy man i've been oh stop busy. it
1: anyways um busy. yeah so anyway so so canada and the u.s is on uh, equal playing field now um the state of the sneaker industry as a whole um listen man i don't like to be Like, you know, in the hip-hop industry, you see like those new rappers coming out. The old rappers are like, yo, yo, they're messing up the game. They're doing this, whatever. Yo, the industry is always going to change. It's always going to shift. I miss the days of, you know, general release product being hot. I miss the days of, you know, Roshi's being cool or Presto being cool. Or even remember when sock darts dropped. It was like, yo, we need to get the sock darts. Um, You know, flying it and our technology um, you know excited uh kids um and there was a community and there was like an organization and there was a love for sneakers um, I miss those days um but I also love you know what it's turned out to be right now where it's you know it's sneakers is mainstream it's no longer a subculture yep. you know yeah um it, it's mainstream um it's it, it's hip-hop it's urban and it's, it's um business. it's and and I it's love it you know. Now yeah it's yeah i love it um i love to see where you know we have come and and where we're at right now and um i think the um brands uh need to do a better job at um maybe kind of toning down some of that high heat product so that these kids are not only thinking about um what value their shoe collection has because before your value of your sneaker collection wasn't just a dollar value; it was like, you know, how rare something was, or how, uh, you know, different something was, or like a Europe release. But now it's like, you know, now it's StockX and GOAT. Like it's just right. not the same, you know. Um, but like I said, we are here now, and I don't want to be one of those one of those old heads that are like, ah, they got to bring it back to my days. Like it's a thriving business, and it's great. And then I just think that um, the sneaker brands got to do uh, got to do a better job. Um, At kind of bringing it back to some of that to to some of those olden times or else we're not going to have an industry to love and to talk about if it's just hype and just travis scott's and just off-whites like it's crazy man Uh
2: and what are your favorite jordans of all times and your favorite overall sneaker
1: right oh i forgot we're not on video so they're right behind me black cement 3s my favorite sneaker of all times Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just a beautiful shoe it's the retro threes are jordan's um favorite shoe it's the shoe that the reason why we even have a sinker culture jordan was going to leave nike after the jordan twos came out and they brought tinker hatfield and him together kind of co-designed that that shoe so it's the uh it's also a, a beautiful shoe that I love, but it's also the nostalgicness Constable. of it and the meaning behind the retro three that does it for me. And um what else was? What was your other question? What sneak What's my favorite shoe of all oh, times?
2: Like it doesn't have to be a Jordan. It could be like any other brand.
1: Yeah, it's what I wear every day. White on white Air Force One. Air Force Ones, yo. Oh, okay. Air Force Ones. I don't even Air wear Force. Jordans no more. Jeez. I guess I you. don't. Get it?
2: Please, I, I just wore I just wore my um gray Jordan One Flyknits to work, and everyone lost their shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know,
1: it's, it's just like, because oh. I always want to be I just want to be different now. You know what I mean? And it's like I know I know wearing a white on white Air Force One is not different, but like like I'm talking at um two schools tomorrow, and I know the first question is going to be like, "Yo, what do you have on?" And it's like, first of all, yo, I, I'm here. I yeah. I make me my sneakers don't make me i don't need to wear travis scott's i don't need to wear white and white air um uh, i don't need to wear off whites to step into a room and get noticed so now when i go to anything like uh like a school that i'm doing a talk i want to show kids that you know, you're more than your sneakers that you have on your feet and especially if i go to like a sneaker convention or i go someplace where there's a lot of sneaker heads for sure i'll never wear any jordans or any high heat because. Like I said, back in the day, it would be like, yo, where did you get those? Now it's going to be, now it's all it is like, all right, you got that on StockX. Like, you're not cool. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, everyone in the room is going to have them on anyway. So I feel I'll stand out more just wearing some, some white air forces. Proper.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, You know what? Let's kind of wrap this up because honestly, I mean, we do have a game still. So we got to catch that. <laughs> but um, I want to tell you, Trent, I appreciate you. I appreciate yes, the candidness. I appreciate the hustle okay. and the drive. Uh, it's been a absolute honor to have you on this episode, man.
1: Thank you, brother. Why, Thank you.
2: You. Mr. Trent, sneaker dan dada. We love you like Axel and dance <laughs> hall,
0: hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got my tooth.
2: <laughs> Man's <laughs> Mans don't eat meat no more. We love you like oxtail and danta and waistline. There we go.
0: Wait.
2: (laughs) Can we say waistline?
0: Yeah, you you did say waistline. That's on you.
1: I love you right back, brother.
2: Yeah, and so we appreciate you. We thank you for all that you do. Mm. You keep us fresh, fly, educated. Yeah. You're dope. And we're going to still keep... Jermaine, you got to buy some sneakers from Exclusive, bro.
0: No, I'm gonna reach down. Like let's let's not kid ourselves. I'm reaching down. Besides, I need to actually get some shoes. So (laughs) me, I reach down
1: still one time.
2: And I'm playing mass this year, so I need to, you know, chip down the road in a fresh pair. Well, the shoes are gonna be massive. by the end of the day.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can't wear, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, wear some white away Air Force Ones, man. It's hundred twenty bucks. You could afford it for the day, yeah. I definitely could. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm but they'll more be more done more by more. the end of the day, you know. They'll be done. Oh
2: I yeah,
0: I with the with the, with the air mm-hmm. force, so I'm not gonna. Just-
2: I wore I wore um <laughs> a mid Jordan one, the gym reds, to a job job. Oh, okay. Set. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I will show you a pic. I took pictures of them. I <laughs> posted them on Instagram. Yo. My brother, who in my mind is the original sneakerhead of the family, he has all of them.
0: Um, That's crazy.
2: He was like, why would you do that?
1: You're crazy. But <laughs> me, it is what it is. But that being said, sir. Um, Thank you very much for having me, guys, man. I really, really appreciate it. It was a good time, man. And well, keep promoting mental health. You. Keep promoting therapy. And keep promoting everything that you guys are doing, man. I, I, I love it.
0: So we hey, they we? sorry that was the question where can they catch you uh if anybody needs to follow you obviously you got the store the books and all that so let us know how people can reach out
1: um i just launched my website trendoutloud.com you can catch me on all the handles instagram twitter linkedin tiktok snapchat at uh trend out loud and also to on City at all those handles and on youtube on City. okay wicked and you can get both my books on amazon prime as we should. We, order, uh, we deliver at your door the next day. Shout out to Jeff Bezos. See, prime. <laughs> prime.
0: <laughs> Mandela, uh, as we're wrapping up, um, if people want to, well, if, I know you don't like people like looking after you, but still tell people where they can catch you if you want them to catch you.
2: If you must, because I don't want none of y'all niggas following me and be all over my DMs complaining about the shit I say on this podcast, but if you really must want to find me, AI, you can find me at Mandela, M-A-N-D-E-L-A underscore K-J on the Instagrams and the Twitters. But most importantly, we'll get to you last week mm-hmm. um, You can find Black People Check-In. Word. You can email us your questions, your comments, your hate mail at blackpeoplecheckin at gmail.com. Again, black people checking at gmail.com. Instagram and Twitter, blackppl. Check in on Instagram and Twitter. Anka Germs, where mm. can the mandam and the gal that most importantly find you?
0: Listen, if people want to check me out, just check me out at Germs, J-E-R-M-S 394, both on Twittas and on IG. Uh, but I think that's about it. So honestly, once again, Trent, we appreciate you. We Hold on, I have one over. thing to
1: say. Mandela, you don't want people to follow you, but you make it a point to spell out your handle, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see you, my guy. Yo, call out the He caught me. Sorry, continue with your outro, my brother. Oh, man. Yo,
0: honestly, on behalf of myself, black people check in, Mandela, the president. Again, Trent, we appreciate you. And for all those that continue to support uh, and listen to the podcast, we love you guys. We support you. Look out for the next number of episodes because we're going at the strong. I mean, strong. So, on behalf
1: you of Be you
2: fucking guys. ready, y'all. We are coming. We ain't We ain't playing with none of you niggas in this podcast realm. That's what we gotta say.
1: Um, Alright, guys. It's halftime. We gotta go catch the wrap-up. Oh, wait wait, 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 wait. Alright. Uh, uh, wait, one last thing. Can you what, what, one more time? Oh shit, hold on, I close my app. Hold up hold, up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, and we out. Yes. Good night, everybody. Yeah! everybody. <laughs> period. period, period, period. The goals is to see money, no matter the cause, period. I'm here for these else to my ops, period. Period, Else, we handed them out, in them out, the
0: yeah.